Welcome to the Beyond Physical Therapy Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk to physical therapists and other healthcare professionals that have broken away from the pack of everyday clinicians. Learn how to shift your mindset away from traditional PT and healthcare as we interview those that have already found a way to move beyond their day-to-day job. I'm your host, Zach Reggio. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the Beyond Physical Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Zach. Today with us, we have Brett Kenstenbaum, a physical therapist and co-founder, chief operating officer at Covalent Careers. Brett has connected with thousands of healthcare practitioners around the country in order to fulfill his goal of assisting doctors and other healthcare workers in improving their careers so they can focus on providing the best healthcare possible. So, Brett, first off, do you mind sharing with our audience a little bit about your background? Sure. So, um, NSU grad, 2014. Um, great school, by the way. After graduation, I didn't really know exactly what to do. And when I say that, I mean, like, literally, I had no idea what to do. I didn't know how to register for my board exam. I uh, didn't know how to find a job, didn't know anything like that. But anyway, eventually I got a job as a PT in San Diego, California. It was actually one of my clinical rotations that had hired me, um, Scripps Mercy Hospital. Thank you, Scripps. Appreciate you. Um, when, I was, when I was finishing school and I was like thinking about my jobs, I was really thinking more about what type of lifestyle I wanted and what my future goals were. And when I was thinking about those things, I wanted a job that would provide me enough money to support myself in a few days per week and also the flexibility to have flexible scheduling so that I could run some sort of side project. Didn't know what I was going to do at that time, but I did know I still had that entrepreneurial spirit. So after school was over, move out to San Diego, have my first job at Scripps Mercy. And about two months after I get there, August, September, October, yeah. Two months after I get there, I'm hanging out by the pool. It's like, I guess, early fall you know, late summer, early fall. And my buddy, uh, Dr. Matthew Geller, an optometrist, went to undergrad with Matt. Um, We're hanging out at the pool and he's like, hey, Brett, I got this idea. Me and Josh, we're going to do this jobs thing in healthcare space. And immediately when he, whatever he said, it didn't matter what he had said, I would have been in. Um, This is, this, this guy has a track record of success. When we were an undergrad, he asked me to get on board with him on a project called optometrystudents.com. I said, you know, Matt, why would we do that? That doesn't sound like anything that is reasonably worth pursuing. How many optometry students are there? A few thousand. (laughs) Um, But anyway, he had built that website while he was in school and he had sold it to the American Optometric Association um, while he was a student. And then after he graduated school, he started a website called newgradoptometry.com. And that website had started very successfully. He had a few um, large industry sponsors that worked with him on the website to fund the website. And so, you know, when you build a track record like that, and, um, you know, I obviously know him personally, very easy for me to just say, okay, jump on board this project. I did some research into healthcare and we were looking at healthcare in the job space. And it was something that there was a large need and there's, uh, you know, large opportunity in the recruiting space in healthcare. So, you know, fast forward, we 
took this entrepreneurial journey where we learned a lot of new skills. I learned how to talk to investors and build finance pitches and do research. And, you know, that was phase one. Uh, we raised a friends and family round to get the business started. We hired an engineer, full-time engineer, who's actually one of the co-founders, Josh Geller. And we had told Josh, hey, you know, we need this website built by the time that the next iCare conference is live, which is in May. He's like, May? You know, this is going to take a year, year and a half. We're like, great, get it done in six months. So we hired this firm out of England, work with Josh. He pulled off this miracle. We got, we got the website launched May 2015. And um, now we run a company called Covalent Careers. It is the largest company for online publishing for the physical therapy space and the optometry space as well. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so none of that stuff that you learned, you know, after that was from PT school, right? Like that was all stuff you learned kind of on the fly or through your friend, right? Through the people starting the whole business, correct? Yeah, I think the main skill that I took with me during PT school was the recognition that you can develop both a knowledge and a skill set. And the only thing it takes to improve is effort and the desire to learn something. Because it's interesting. The, the only difference between school and life or whatever is that they're giving you a playbook. They're walking you through the steps. Study this material. Take this exam. This is the next course. Study this material. Take this exam. This is the next course. Difference between an entrepreneur is that you are creating that playbook. And the main thought is, what do I need to do next to accomplish my goal? Yeah. Yeah, it's and, all and on you. Have you have to think backwards. It's all on you. You got to build that playbook, and um, and you you just kind of have to go with it and just start learning and think. What is the most critical skill that I need to learn today? In the beginning, it was research and finance. Learned about those things, um, and then it became at at one point it became sales skills, and then it became marketing skills, and then it became writing skills. So developing the skill set that's required, um, and then figuring out how to kind of transition that process over to other people so that you can then work on the next thing. Um, but the other thing, when I was in, when I was actually doing my clinical rotation, one of my clinical rotations at Scripps Mercy, I had the question for my CI. I was like, you know, I really like this acute care stuff, but I've always wanted to be uh, an outpatient therapist. And I'm concerned if I take an acute care job out of school, then it will be harder for me to go into outpatient after, you know, I'll lose my skills. And the thing that he said to me was, you know, he's like, Brett, do you think that you're just going to lose your ability to learn after you get out of school? And that really stuck with me. You know, to this day, that was like a major inflection point in my, um, in the way that I thought about things. And, and that's important for physical therapists uh, to, to remember. Like the, the things that you're learning, those are tools in your tool belt. And you don't have to identify with any one, one thing, whether it be identifying as a physical therapist, identifying as an acute care physical therapist, identifying as an orthopedic physical therapist. You know, if you change that mindset and that frame to, I'm an individual that has the skills of a physical therapist, that has the orthopedic skills, that has the acute care skills, then that opens you up. It takes you out of this box. Because what's a major question that you probably get is, well, what do I do if I really don't want to do clinical care? But boxing yourself in as physical therapist, now that just limited all of your choices to this very, very defined area. Once you remove that border and just say, oh, no, you know what? That's just a skill set. What does that skill set mean to me? It means I understand how to diagnose things. It means I understand how to question things. It means I understand how to analyze things and then build some sort of um, plan to then either act upon myself 
or provide it to someone else to then act upon. And you can take those skills, those tools that you've learned and just apply them somewhere else. You know, that's a foundation. So yeah. when you start thinking about that and thinking like that, just these new, these new mental pathways, they open, you know, we've, we've all learned about neuro and we've all learned about neuroplasticity. Like this is the way this stuff works. You just got to remember that you're a human, human being human's great. No, I, I agree, man. I think uh, you're right. So many therapists I know are like, no, I'm a, I'm a manual therapist and that's, mm-hmm. that's all I am. Or no, I'm a peds therapist. That's all I do. And it's like, we went to school and we learned every individual aspect. And then you're, you're right. You're just boxing yourself into that small little area and saying, this is all I do. So I agree. That's, that's an awesome way of looking at it that, you know, you can kind of branch out to any area you want to. Right. Exactly. Cool. So how about you just tell us a little bit about like what Covalent Careers is about? Like what's your main kind of message? What are you guys doing for people? Yeah. So I guess I'll just give you some history on it. And, and, and it's the same thing. It's like when you hear the term pivot, um, it really means in business, like you were going in one direction and then you, and then you changed your focus based on a market need. So uh, Covalent Careers in the beginning, as, as you know, we had a brand called newgradphysicaltherapy.com. That was our publishing brand. We uh, developed content, typically career-related content in the beginning um, to help newly graduated physical therapists navigate their careers. The first resource that I ever built was how to register for the NPTE in all 50 states. Remember, like I was describing before, when I graduated, (laughs) didn't know how to register for the exam. Major pain point for me. I do this research. I'm typing into Google how to register, and like there's no information on it. So it was just taking the time to compile that information in one place. So I mean, Covalent Careers is basically uh, a platform that provides mentorship, education, and job opportunities for uh, healthcare professionals. And what that means is that we take this content, we, we tell you how to write a resume, or we walk you through, guide you through how to write a resume. We give you tips. We'll tell you about all the blunder stories of other people and what they've done wrong, um, just to provide that guidance. And then, you know, we have a team of individuals that goes out and looks for job opportunities. And we get those job opportunities. We get them on our website. Um, and then if people call us up, uh, we have a team of talent acquisition specialists that will talk to you about your career, your goals, and help you find a position. Or if they don't, you know, if they don't know which way to point you, they'll at least try to give you those resources that will be able to help you make those decisions. Or even if you just want to talk through, wait, I, I've got an offer letter from, um, you know, Jones, Jones PT out in uh, Alaska. Do you, is, is this a good offer? What would you do here? How do you negotiate that? Um, so just guiding people through those things. And, you know, our main driver behind that was like, these were things that we never had coming out of school. There was no way to find this information. Or if you did want to find it, you'd have to like dig through things and, and it would take you a long period of time. Okay. Awesome. Your main target audience is PT, occupational therapy, speech therapy, and optometry, correct? Yeah. So it's been very interesting. And like over the years, like I was just describing before the pivots we've, we've gone and we've pivoted a lot of times. And those pivots are sometimes survival. What do we need to do to survive? And for, for business, it's like, you don't need to, you know, your business doesn't need to eat. Your business doesn't need to drink. Your business doesn't need to exercise, but your business needs to generate capital. That's it's eating. It needs finances so that it can pay the people who are writing the content so that it can pay for the people who are picking up the phone to then help the individuals who are calling in about their problems. Um, so we've made a lot of pivots along the way. And our business now has a 
focus on really media and publishing. So we help organizations um, develop their own media. We might help them with creating articles or creating videos and then advertising that message out to the healthcare professionals. And sometimes it's for um, helping them on the talent acquisition side. So helping them build the message about what their mission, their vision, their culture is, so that when PTs are going to look up a practice, then the, uh, the PTs can learn more about the things that, they're, that, are, that are important to them, right? Or it could be for helping organizations get information out there about their products. So it could be an organization that maybe has a um, continuing ed course on manual therapy. And they're, you know, they, they did a great job creating a course that has a lot of value, but they don't know how to reach an audience. We would help them create the advertising and the, the messaging around how do you reach that audience of physical therapists. Okay. So you do a lot, a fair bit of marketing then uh, as part of your company then? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Very nice. Um, so I think you had a busy day today, right? So tell me, what does a, what does a busy day entail for you? Yeah. So over the years, it's, it's changed dramatically. Like I said, it was always adapting to the situation. A busy day looks like a lot of meetings for me now because we have a lot of individuals on our team. And my main role is operations. So I have to basically figure out what each person needs to do. And to do that, I need to have meetings and think about high level things and then disseminate that information downwards. The other side of what I do is also on the sales side of things. So it's getting new clients, networking, developing relationships. So um, I could start out my day um, doing invoicing. So looking into the finances, seeing what invoices we need to be sending, following up with clients if invoices aren't paid, or training someone on invoicing systems, which was something that I did today so that I could delegate that duty off over to someone else who could do that. Uh, or then the next, you know, the next thing I might be doing is uh, writing a piece of content and making a new resource for other people about something that I'm passionate about at the moment. Maybe it's, um, I don't know, how to build a cash flow statement for your PT business. And then the next part might be something like uh, doing a sales presentation about our newest offering, which is virtual events. A lot of companies or, or a lot of meetings got canceled this year. So companies need a place to go and people need a place to have their education, have those CE credits. So a lot of that's going online. So we've built this virtual event software and now we have to, you know, I've got to get on the phone with people and walk them through uh, the presentations and show them through the software. And then maybe after a presentation, I'm following up with other clients that I was talking to or building out a scope of work document and coordinating with our legal team to see if that's a document that we can then send to um, the client for review. After that, it might be something like going into a high-level meeting with the, the leadership team and figuring out like, what's next? You know, What's that next thing? Who are the people that we need to hire next? What do those positions look like? Um, who's going to be writing up the uh, job descriptions for those new hires? Are those going to be engineers? If so, or is the, is the engineering team going to write up those job descriptions? Or are we going to have someone who's just been more general um, that can maybe talk to the engineering team, get the requirements from them, and then write it up into a job listing? 
And then after that, it might be taking that job listing and putting it on LinkedIn and putting it on Indeed and putting it on those other things, or it may be training another person to do those things. Yeah. So it's like um, anything and everything, basically. Anything right? like and you, everything, anything whatever is needed. <laughs> exactly. Wherever I'm needed, I'm going to be. Uh, over the years, my role gets more defined. And like okay. I was describing before, the main the main goal of the of the founders of the of the entrepreneurs is really to build the system and then make themselves obsolete in any role because now it's systematized. So there are some things that I do that the system only works for me. I don't see a clear path to being able to pay someone to do that work because it's not necessarily enough work that would be require another person. So that system is basically just built for me. But then when we get to another level where it's like, okay, we need to add on like an HR person to manage the whole HR thing, then it will be, well, what's that system going to look like when they come on? Let me build it for some, someone else to be able to do. It's so like a write up a manual and then they can follow the steps. And that's important because then other people may know what to do. So if you have turnover in your organization, which is just something that's going to happen and um, it sucks, I can tell you that, um, but you need to be able to tell someone else, this is how we do this, you know, okay, go ahead and implement this system. Or then this new person that comes in, maybe they'll say, hey, I see you do things this way. Have you ever considered this? And then, okay, yeah, let's do that. Let's update the manual. And now, you know, you've had a new integrated system there. Okay, very nice. Yeah, so you want to try to like automate it as much as you can and kind of take it off your plate so you can focus on more important things that you're doing. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it's like kind of like the same thing as going through um, the diagnostic process with a patient and then giving them an HEP. You're mm -hmm. writing up a rubric of things. You're telling them two weeks from now, you're going to feel sore. Your left shoulder is probably going to be starting to get a little bit more sore. That's okay. That's normal. You know, and then you have this playbook for them to follow, but you've taken the upfront work of creating this thing for them. It's very, it's, it's, it's a similar concept to, to that. Okay. Yeah. It's a great analogy. Um, so what habits, uh, have you cultivated that have been instrumental for you starting this business? Uh, I think the two most important are journaling about maybe two years ago, two and a half years ago, I started every single night writing in a journal and it started out as just building the habit of writing in a journal. So I'd write, I wrote in my journal today, one, one, 2018, one, two, 2018. Ugh, I have to write in my journal today. <laughs> one, three, 2018. I'm writing and it feels good, you know, and that's just building the habit. But now every single day I'm writing in this journal, I have, I'm, I'm cataloging where I am on specific goals that I've set for myself for the year. So my goals for 2020, for example, are around getting better at chess, uh, working out more financial goals. I got married this year. So that was a goal nice, set, congrats. right? Thank you. And then moving into a new apartment because we're in a one bedroom. So we want a two bedroom. So I have all of this cataloged in this book. And every single day I have two different journals. One is just the metrics journal. You know, how did I do on my workout today? How did I do on chess today? Did I practice my golf game? Oh yeah. That was the other goal. Shoot 75. <laughs> golf. Did I practice my golf game. And so focusing this helps, this just helps with your focus. It keeps you, it keeps you grounded in what those goals are and, and concentrating on them. Cause a lot of times you, you, right. You can be like, kind of like on this plateau where your skills are going downwards. And, and at, at those points in life from prior to the two years, you know, I, I've, I recognize that I would lose focus and you'd kind of get into a slump because life definitely has these waves. And 
part of the objective is to decrease your downslopes. So you're going to have downslopes, but you want to decrease the magnitude of those and the length. So maybe you had a three-month downslope. You know, you're in a rut, and that those used to last three months. Let's get that to two months. Let's get that to one month. Let's get that. Okay, I've recognized it today. Those don't really last very long because I ground myself back in my goals. So journaling is huge, and you can do anything. It does not matter. It's that habit of just getting started with a journal, and then you kind of figure it out from there. You know, I'm like one of those people that I'll write, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire. And it's just, again, it's just getting it into your subconscious. Um, That's one. And then the other one is mentors. Do not be afraid to ask for help. Do not be afraid to reach out to people who have done this before you. Because the the major thing that'll happen there is they're going to just save you years of time. It's like your teachers. If you had to, if you had to become a physical therapist without your teachers, how would you do that? Oh, it would take forever. And take forever. So now you've got to go through history. You've got to be the pioneer on this thing. You've got to just find the text, you know, all right, let me start first by learning about the body. Now I've got to apply this. All right. Now I need to basically build applied physical therapy, right? There's people who have done this stuff. They've learned it. This is called evolution. We've evolved. We are basing our new knowledge sets on the people who've come before us. So you make one phone call, it can save you five years or it can Turn a business. Let's say, let's say you're starting some sort of physical therapy company and you're going to sell a product and you're going to sell that product for $2.99. And you think that's a good idea. Okay, you can go out to market and you could do that. Or you can call someone who's sold a physical therapy product before and built some sort of organization. And that person might say to you, Zach, that sounds great. I think you might want to consider selling that for $15 because you'll have to sell one fifth of the products or whatever that math is, one sixth of the products. And Based on all my experience, you're going to be able to sell just about the same amount. So you're going to do the same amount of work. You're going to make 10 times the money. And you say, oh, wow, I'm so thankful that I had this phone call and you just saved me five years. I mean, that's, you know, that's a basic example of what can happen, but that's what mentors do for you. They can just help guide you. They've done this before. They've learned the lessons. The other part of that, though, is you have to ask the right people. Everybody has an opinion. Don't ask your parents unless they're the leading expert. Even if they're the leading expert, you may want to be cautious there because you have some sort of emotional ride there, right? Um, So I wouldn't ask my parents. You might ask your parents, hey, do you know someone who may be good to answer this question? You know, you can ask your family about those things. Um, Don't be afraid to reach out to people. Don't be afraid to get turned down. Um, Very surprising the number of people who will get on the phone with you, take a call, uh, because it feels good to give back. You know, it feels good. when I, when I talk to people on the phone and they have questions for me about business or careers or whatever, and then they come back to me and say, Brett, thank you so much. I applied the information that you gave me. Here's what happened with it. Like that feels great. And, and it's really nice when people um, actually apply the information that you give them. So those I think are the two big things. There's so many more lessons along the way, but that's more like tactical stuff. These are like those big, those big ideas where you, if you actually start getting them going, just, just what I'll just describe as magic just starts really happening in the world. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I mean, I you, you're describing <clears throat> me a lot too. Where like my mind is always going in like 10, 15 different places. Like I'm trying to juggle like so many different things. And if I could just do what you do, like journal and kind of like lay it out and say, all right, these are the most important goals that I want to attain. And then just focus on that day in and day out. You know, I think I'd be on a more steady track. So that's that's great information. And of course, always having a mentor is important. 
uh, like you said, it'll save you years and years of time. So awesome. Yeah. The journal thing, I just can't express how critical that is. You just laid it out exactly. And I've been there. I know, you know, I've had it where you've got 50 ideas. And even as an organization, we had 50 ideas. And that was one of my biggest struggles in the beginning. Too many ideas, no execution, always an idea. But then when I was brought back in and it's like, hey, just focus. There's a beautiful principle in the world called momentum and momentum starts to occur. You can't have momentum if you're over here and you're over there because your path, you know, these two things might be conflicting with each other and bringing you in two different directions. But if you have focused energy, you will get momentum. And then that principle of things will just start to happen. Just keep going and keep trying. And and that's our experience all along with the business. It's just momentum. And you have these sloths and whatever, but then all of a sudden it just, these gates open and then you hit a new level. And it's just like, whoa, you know? those type of things. You really don't know where it came from, but it came from all that hard work you've been putting in in the past. Yeah, no, I love that. That's, uh, that it speaks to me, definitely. Um, so you're, you're a physical therapist still, right? Do you still have your license? Do you still practice? I don't think I have my license anymore. No? You kind of like, yeah, I right. believe that's new to this year. I haven't practiced in five years or so. Okay. Um, I kept my license for a little bit, uh, but for me, I don't study I don't, you know, when I'm studying, I'm studying finance, I'm studying business, Mm -hmm. I'm studying other things. Um, So my identity as physical therapist has, has waned over the years. And my opportunity though, as human is to give back to the physical therapy community in the way that I can, which is through my understanding of these other things that people can apply to their own lives and their own businesses and things like that. Okay. Is there anything you miss about being a PT or are really glad that you don't have to deal with anymore being a PT? Um, it's, of course, it's been bittersweet. Or obviously, over time, it's been the feeling of like missing the field that has, just like anything else, that's decreased over time for me. Um, in the beginning, I missed patient care a little bit. I mean, my, my mind is just more tooled for other things. It's more tooled for math and, and like analysis in different ways. Um, so for me, I resonated more with like business and those type of things. Um, I really enjoyed the work that I did at the hospital. I think the thing that I, um, I missed the most about it was the unique stories that I'd be able to have every single day from working Mm -hmm. in a hospital setting and just like, I mean, first off, everybody should work in a hospital at some point in their careers. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the BHU was a, an incredible, I mean, it's just an incredible experience to, to see what really goes on in the human experience and, and mm-hmm. in the hospital and have a better understanding, that empathy for not only um, the patients, but also other healthcare workers, understanding what nurses do, understanding what technicians do, understanding the life of a doctor, understanding these things and like the criticalness of this, of, of this system, but also to really understand and reflect upon the, the fact that like not all experts are really experts and you might want a second opinion on things. And these are people true. are also humans, you know, and those type of things and just learning about that. Um, but I do think it, it, it like having that experience in the hospital, that was, that was a priceless experience for me. I really enjoyed the work. I really enjoyed the, 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 the team environment that we had there working with the OTs, working with speech, you know, directly with patients and everything like that. Um, the parts that I don't miss, I, I really did enjoy the hospital work, but I didn't enjoy outpatient. I didn't enjoy like, um, as much following a particular person for weeks and weeks and weeks. Some people I did, 
but there was other times when, when I'd have like a patient and, you know, those thoughts are in my mind. It's just like, I can't wait till this person is discharged. <laughs> and I hated those thoughts, but they were yeah. there, you know, those were true, real thoughts for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that, that's kind of what I didn't miss. And the other side of it is like, when I was a PT, I really, I, I had that intention with, with, when, when I had those specific thoughts, I was like, you know what? It's like, there is someone better in this world than, than I am for these people to, to be seeing, because I just, I know that there's personalities that are more designed for this than mine is. So I'm willing to allow that person to come into this slot that I'm filling right now. Now, granted, I took my work very seriously and every, every patient that I saw, I gave them my best effort and I made sure that I'd be doing the right thing. And they probably enjoyed their experience with me, but I just knew it was just that back of the mind, all those, those little back of the mind thoughts that kind of like were poking at me. They're like, yeah, something, something here is, it's not the, the true path for you. Okay. Yeah, no, I can definitely relate to pretty much everything you were saying. You know, I think almost any PT kind of has those same thoughts at one point or another. Yeah. I mean, I think there's people that are like designed for PT. There's just, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got your, uh, your Myers Briggs or whatever. And then there's people that it's just like, this is for, you know, this is what you should be doing. And it's just that click. And granted, not everybody can click like that. And it is a needed profession where we need to have more people doing this job because it's just good for society as a whole. But you also need to reflect on your own life and you need to look at your own health and your own goals and your own desires, your own dreams, because you only got one life. And so, you know, every moment that you do spend doing something that you don't want to do is a moment you could be spending doing something else or building momentum, like I said, in some sort of direction. So um, cool. those are awesome. my thoughts on that. No, very good. Um, so I, I love that you have a strong belief, um, you know, that physical therapists and other healthcare professionals should have uh, an ability to market themselves. So, you know, what advice do you have for people in the healthcare profession on, you know, how to, how to market themselves right out of the gate, you know, right out of school um, so that they can get more clients or, or reach new people or, or new areas uh, in work? Yeah. And okay. So this goes back to something that, you know, my friend, uh, Matt, uh, business partner had told me, or, or actually we were on a podcast. So I had started doing a podcast when I came out of school and I was talking to him and I had a very similar question and his answer was just do anything, like (laughs) literally anything, because anything, whatever it may be, type one letter on social media and press the enter button. That's one letter more than 99% of everybody. And if you do anything over time, you will build momentum. You'll have one follower, two followers, three followers, five followers, 10 followers, 20 followers. If you love golf, just start reading about golf and then putting out information. Write a terribly written article on golf. What's the worst that's going to happen? Nobody's going to read this thing. What's the the best thing that's going to happen? Somebody will read it. Somebody will like it. Somebody will share it. And then you'll start building momentum. If nobody likes it, they won't read it. They won't share it. Who cares? On to the next one. Write a new article. Your skills will develop over time. So, so the biggest piece of advice is just do anything. The places where I would start would be content, writing, and social sharing. So write, maybe start a blog, write some stuff, share it on social media. Then eventually you just start learning about new tactics, right? You, you're getting the writing down. You start learning about new tactics. What can I do to put some budget behind this to reach the right audience? Okay. I can go on Facebook. I can look at the budgets, Google ads. I can look at the budgets, but I think it's, it's put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to look stupid, which is way more potent or more, uh, 
prevalent than the fear to fail. It's more so the fear to look stupid. Oh, someone's not going to like my work. Like that's more so the the thought I'm going to look stupid. People are going to laugh at me. Right. So those things, like you guys are doing a great job right now, you're going to be putting yourself out there, building a podcast, building a name. Every single time that you do it, you're going to get better at it. You get new guests on, you know, those guests will amplify your message, those types of things. So it's just really do anything and look for mentors. Just ask people who you see that have done stuff and they'll give you at least a little nugget and then take that nugget and then do it. But you got to do it over time and over time, like just keep on going and keep on going. And if you make a dollar this year, that's a dollar more than you have made in any other year. And then maybe next year you'll make $2 and then you'll take a huge jump and make a hundred dollars. And then next year you'll make a hundred thousand dollars and then you'll make a million dollars. And it'll just, it's just the momentum. It's crazy. I'm telling you the momentum piece. It's just the consistency of the whole thing. If you're consistent for years on end, putting in that work, you're going to win the game because everybody's going to drop out and you're going to be the only one left standing. That's really good advice. That's, that's great advice. Um, I think you're right though. It's, it's that fear of putting yourself out there. So many people are afraid just to even get started that they never go anywhere. So yeah. that's, that's awesome advice. Uh, I really only have one other question for you. And this is really just, um, you know, some, words of advice, maybe, you know, some wisdom that you've come across for future PTs or, or healthcare professionals that want to start their own business? Yeah, I think that it's the same thing. It's really yeah. just start, just do something. If the first thing you do, quote unquote, fails, do something else. Typically, things are really only going to fail because you stop doing them. And you're only going to stop doing them if it's not something that you enjoyed in the first place. Um, if you're going to start something, I would say do some research first, look at the market size. Uh, you actually don't have to do that on your first thing because you got to kind of learn how to do stuff. That's really step one, learn how to do stuff. What I mean by stuff is like, again, it's like literally anything, learning the ability to learn how to do new stuff. And then step two is, okay, let me just start trying to get some foundational knowledge. How can I make a transaction happen? How can I make a dollar? My mind frame was always like, and it was crazy what would happen. Like the first time I sold something, it was like this spark, right? And I was like, oh shit, if I could do this once, I could do this twice. If I could do this twice, I could do this four times. If I could do this, I could tell someone else how to do this. So those were the thoughts that started kind of compiling in my mind when I was doing business. Like when we first sold our first job listing, it's like this magical experience. And then the other thing, you know, it was magical for me is sitting in this first pitch meeting with, with Matt we went, we sat in this pitch meeting, we were explaining what we were doing. And I had never been in a pitch meeting, you know, I'd just graduated and I'm just watching him talk to this guy. Right. And he's just like painting this beautiful picture of the future and describing our business. Cause this was kind of like trying to get investors. And that is the same thing. This is my, you know, this is my contemporary, right? Okay. This is my contemporary. Very, He's just like me, right? I've grown up with this person. And then just seeing someone else do this thing, just again, it just opens this pathway in your mind. It's like, oh, I can do this too. And then that just really shows you like, all right, great. Or else we we went and we visited our, our friend Chris and Chris built this huge $30 million annual revenue business. And we saw like his 50 employees in this office and he's just walking us through. And it was like, whoa that was my neighbor. We went to school together. I can do this too. Right. 
So you start just kind of having these, these like feelings of like, if someone else can do this, I can do this too. And then when you do it once, I've done this once, I could do this again. But that, ne- that only can happen if you just start somewhere. And then you, you really just start building on whatever foundation that you have. Um, but then the other part of that, so you start, you, you know, you get started and then you really want to, you really want to define those goals. That's where it starts. If you want, if you're looking, you don't care about the, um, you know, the financial side as much. Like I want to make a hundred thousand dollars at some point a year. And I want to really be working three days a week on this thing. That's going to put you on a different path. than I want to make a million dollars a year and I want to sell this thing one day and I want it to be big, right? two completely different things. If you want to do this million dollar a year thing, then you need a big market. You need a big market. So you got to just do your market research and you got to say, is there enough enough opportunity if I'm pointing in this direction to hit my goal? If you want a lifestyle business, $100,000, whatever, same thing. You still obviously have to look and see if there's enough opportunity there. But likely at that level, there's really, you can do anything and make that much money. But that pathway is going to look totally different. Then you're not thinking, how can I structure this business so that new people can come into it? You're more so thinking maybe, you know, I don't know, just how can I generate this revenue? I'm not too concerned about expenses because my main expense is myself. And then I get to take all that, you know, I I get to take all of the the money home because I'm going to be doing the work. Maybe you have a, a website bill for $25 or a marketing bill for a couple thousand dollars. So they're just two different, you know, you have to start with identifying that goal, look at the market, make sure that goal is achievable, and then just get going. But again, before that, you can just start anywhere and just start kind of feeling and poking around and like, like, oh, I, you know, when I am poking that, that whole uh, Steve Jobs thing, right? Oh, yeah. I can poke the universe and it will adapt to my poking yeah. type of thing. That, that's good advice. Yeah. I think just, you know, getting started anywhere, right? It's just like really starting and not being afraid to fail is a good, good starting point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's, that's great advice. And now just one other kind of side question for undergrad, did you have any sort of like marketing or uh, business, you know, uh, degree that you got? <laughs> no, my, um, my undergrad path was, uh, I never wanted to go to school. I went because it's like the family <laughs> thing. You're going to school. It's like you're the going thing to college. That you have to do it. Right? Yeah, you're going to college. So I went to. I started at University of Maryland, and I had um, like just kind of dropped out of Maryland. Then I took some time off, and then I went to Albany. Graduated from Albany, but I, I had like psychology background, but I never really went to class. I I'd had no idea what was going on there either. No background there. Um, no formal training in any in anything whatsoever. It was really just all, um, my knowledge came from independent reading and asking people about things. You know, I did, I was fortunate that like my dad was an entrepreneur. He started an optometry business. So I was able to, that it's that same thing, right? If he could do it, I could do it too, type of thing. So I was able to see what happened. My brother went to business school, so I could ask him questions. They would point me to other, I would be curious. So they would point me to other people that may have some answers for me, those type of things. So um, I was able to lean on them for information and those type of things as well, which is important. If you don't have that structure in your family or or, where people, um, you're guaranteed to know somebody who knows somebody who's done something. So you just start asking questions and you'll you'll find people that can um, help you acquire the skills that you need. Yeah, entrepreneurship, always something I loved in college. Like I did like a... uh, I had a delivery business where we would 
cook hamburgers and deliver them, you know, cook hamburgers in our dorm room. And we built flyers and we put flyers under people's doors in college. And I saw, I, I learned that from like the promoters of the clubs. I'd always get these flyers. So I was like, Oh, okay. Let me put print some flyers, put them under people's doors. Um, I probably made a couple bucks trying to sell some custom shoes. So I would, I would be the shoe salesman. Matt would be the shoe designer. We'd buy white Nikes and then we'd paint the white Nikes. He'd paint them. Um, I don't think we sold any, maybe I bought one that he made <laughs> something like that. That one, that one we didn't do, uh, sell any, but always trying stuff. Um, and then this, this has been the thing that has stuck. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brett, for letting me, uh, talk with you. It's been an honor. Um, do you have any, you know, links or, or Facebook pages or, or where can people get in touch with you or kind of learn more about you and what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, you can always search Covalent Careers on the internet. You'll find a million links. You can search my name. You'll find a whole bunch of links, but you can just get me brett at covalentcareers.com. Shoot me an email if you want. Happy to chat with you. And if I could be of assistance, uh, always happy to, to do that. Okay. Perfect. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Okay, thanks for listening, guys. That was Brett. If you can, please subscribe to our channel. And I hope this episode at least taught you one thing, one actionable step that you can take to start moving towards your goals today. Thanks again, guys. And we'll see you in the next episode.